Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Welcome citizens. You know, that used to be the original hashtag for New Amsterdam and New Amsterdam Radio. And people would say, what does that mean, welcome citizens? Is it kind of exclusionary? How can someone become a citizen? Well, when it comes to New Amsterdam, the city of New Amsterdam, it's a city for creatives. So as long as you have a spark in your mind and you have some drive in your heart, you too can be a citizen. That's why we are all citizens here. Those that are working on their path, those are thinking about working on their path, you are all welcome. Before I get to my guest on this bonus episode of the show, I just got to say, you know, we have some cool designs of the new Amsterdam brand over at Threadless, our Threadless store at flobito.threadless.com. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O dot threadless.com. Get yourself the new Amsterdam logo tee or the new Amsterdam esports inspired design. Really cool stuff out there to support the show in that way. But my guest today is Dr. Oliver Phillips from the Dia Kania Christian Institute. And here's someone that is just such a breath of fresh air, the passion, the energy, the fire, and being able to be a doer inside of a space that was chosen or he chose has been a little, a little awesome. I was in awe about how much he's dedicated to spreading the word about education and contextualizing uh, Christianity and scripture to a whole new generation of people. So a lot of things to pull from today's episode. Here is someone, you may even be in the church yourself, but here is somebody that had an idea and was able to relocate to make that a possibility and it's continued to build his empire. Hope you guys enjoy the episode, but enough of me rambling. Without any further ado, my chat with Oliver Phillips. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creative thinkers and doers. It is I, the mayor, Flopo Boys, in the mayor's office yeah. with someone who's right now my new best friend, Dr. Phillips. How's it going? <laughs> so thanks for being on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm exciting. I'm, I'm doing good. I've been following your show for a while, and uh, I am just excited to be a part of what you're doing today. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. It really means a lot to me. But yeah. if, if I had to describe you to a friend, what would I say would be your passion or your, or your slashes? Like, what's the thing that makes you go, this is my, my path, this is what I'm going to do? My, my passion is mentoring uh, the younger generation of my age. I've pastored. I've been pastoring for about 60 years. And yeah. now in retirement, oops, not retirement, in my recycling modality, I, yeah. I, I feel that I have to give to the younger generation uh, um, and to teach as much as I could uh, the, the, the tricks of the trade and particularly in terms of the uh, multicultural, the diverse leadership and multicultural people, ethnic people, ethnic specific congregations yeah. and leaders and that's where i think my passion is I, I like that because retired does sound very final like i'm done but you're like no i'm gonna go ahead and get it back <laughs> yeah. well yeah. what made you decide to do that because there's a lot of people if you would did your career as a pastor and walked away they don't even know want to be upset or mad yeah. but what drove yeah. you to say the next generation needs some guidance well someone told me a long time ago that um it is no sense going to your cemetery and uh, with a sense of finality and that is it and that whatever God has blessed you with down through the years, mm. that you must invest in another generation. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I do a lot of public speaking and I often say 
to congregations. We ought to give the church to the younger generation. They are not smart enough to destroy the church. Right. So, you know, we've got to give it to them. So I have spent my, my, all my life trying to give of what I have been blessed with uh, in terms of leadership, particularly in terms of leadership. Uh, we have a crop of leaders who are coming up and we, we, the older generation, we've got to help them. And that's where my passion is. Well, you, we were talking about this before we went live. You're well-traveled. You live in different parts of this country and then the yeah. world. How has the message changed or shifted? You have to recontextualize your message for your local congregation. I mean, how does that work for you? Yeah, I think I think um, we have to exegete the culture. Uh, one, I, so I operate in a, in a in a world of religion. However, um, I believe that culture trumps religion. Okay. That um, that culture seems to be more dominant than religion. It it is not it is not uh, uh, prescriptive, but it's descriptive. That's the way I, my observation is that we have to exegete the culture. We have to make sure that as we take this religion to different parts of the world, in my case, it is Christianity. Mm -hmm. And as we take it to different parts of the world, we must be willing to contextualize, to take, the, take our Christianity, take our particular brand of Christianity and, and plant it within the soil of the particular culture. And I think that is very critical uh, someone said, don't give me a plant, a potted plant, but give me the seed and I will plant it in my own soil. And oh. that, I think, is what we have to do where the gospel is concerned. We have to culturalize Christianity instead of Christianizing the culture. You can't drop size and leave it. Don't give me a potted plant. <laughs> give me the seed so I can plant it on my own soil. That's right. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's like a bite for life. I think that's that's very important because we we have to trust the soil of the different mm. cultures mm. That, that we attend to. Um so so that therefore I always say that God is in every culture and we've just got to discover where God is. And the mistake that we make so often in the church flow is that we think that we are taking God somewhere. Okay. No, I, I say we are not taking God. Our job is to go out and find find out where God is already working and join oh. God there. Okay, yeah. So come yeah. on. But, yeah, pretty, pretty. So, so we're talking about that and and your 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 mission to give back, Diakonia, Right? This is an an institute, a resource. How would you describe it to the uninitiated, and how does it work for you to get the message out? Yeah, diakonia is, uh, that's a word that, a Greek word that talks about, um, you know, uh, churches, some denominations have an emphasis on kerygma uh, yeah. or koinonia, these are Greek terms, but diakonia is, is servanthood, uh, that we, we are called to be servants. So I started in uh, 2013, the Diakonia Christian Institute, which mm. is an organization that exists to build strategic alliances uh, to be able to deliver um, education, minister, particularly ministerial training to ethnic specific congregations and pastors uh, who cannot afford the traditional methods of, of, of learning or, edu or furthering their education. And so ours is basically online. Yeah. Certificate courses, and so I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to develop these courses that are available, and there are about four of them that you can find online. They're basically about four hours, four hours, five hours. 
but yeah. you can do it in different modules. Yeah. Not, not too long. And we'll get to a couple of them in particular in just a second. Yeah. But I, I guess the question I have is I understand the spark of it, but like, look, there's a need for this. Yeah. Let's create yeah. this. Let's craft this. You said yeah. it's almost 10 years. This, this thing has been yeah. online. What happens in those down periods where you may have the storefront built, but no one walks in that store? Do you start to question yourself? Do you say, is that the right time? Do you say, I'll keep pressing on? How do you motivate yourself to keep it running when sometimes I, I, there's a lot of things going on? I, I, I thrive, Flobo, on the, 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 the contacts that I have made on the outside and the constant uh, conversations that I have about the next project. I'm, 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 you know, I'm project-oriented. I'm always looking on the next thing. I have 19 books already that are on Amazon. And 19? 19 of them on Amazon, and um, I'm just working on my 20th book. I came to Texas to be a part of the Community Missionary Baptist Church, and uh, uh, just called me two months ago, I, I got here. So I moved my operation from Florida to one red state to another red state. So <laughs> here, here I am uh, here. But I thrive on the constant feedback that I get from individuals, from pastors, from church leaders who have taken these online courses. And um, so, so I'm always working on the next project. Yeah. What did that seem right to you when you got the call from Texas saying we need you? Did it feel automatically right? Did you pray on it? Did you talk to your family about it? No, I don't pray on those things. I, I, I am constantly looking for opportunities. Yeah. And, and when opportunities present themselves, I, I don't see why I should pray. I just say, you know, I've been waiting. I've been waiting all this time for it. So when I, they, have a, they have a program called Strike Back and in which they deal with different topics every Monday night. And I have been on strike back for the last uh, seven months. Okay. And the pastor finally says, well, you're in Miami. You're a 77-year-old single guy. Why don't you just, just come, on to, to, come on to Texas? And I said, hey, uh, if, if, if the price is right, I will come. And he made me an offer. And, and here I am. Yeah. Uh, and able really, your word. really enjoying it. Yeah, I you know Texas is one of those states that it's so big. Everything you think about Texas is true. Like you could go down to like yeah. the, the hey, and I've got my hat. <laughs> you I, do I, too. I, I, oh yeah, I, I, in two weeks somebody gave me a hat. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the shoes now. Right, <laughs> but oh, I, I've got the hat. I, I was in Dallas a couple of years ago at a, at a conference. I said, like, oh, let me walk into a, a boot store. I was yeah. like, I'll get, I'll get some boots. And I yeah. tell you, there's so many different kinds. I, I, my head yeah. was spinning. Yeah. I walked right yeah. by an ostrich yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and alligator boots. So, it's crazy. So I'm, I'm fired up. I'm not a boots guy, but um, yeah, you will I'm, be. I'm, fired up. I'm waiting to get my boots. So, so let's talk about one of these modules here. Can God Save the Church? The preview is yeah. available now on our YouTube page. Uh, the the title is pretty sensational. I mean, what what was the story behind this one, and what was the story behind the title? I I think that you know I have a passion for leadership, uh, a lead, uh, 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 not leadership development, but leader development. So there's a, a distinct distinction there. I, I I believe in developing leaders. Mm -hmm. So so that it seems as though the modality of the church is that God can come down and save the church from mm -hmm. the challenges that we have. Right. And I, I says, well, unapologetically, no, God cannot save the church. It is not God's task. You know, uh, uh, so if, if I should use a, a scriptural reference, when, um, when God came down in Exodus to, 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 to deal with the, with the Pharaoh, mm -hmm. 
Right. And God said, I heard, I saw, I, I, I'm aware of what's happening. But yet he says, now, Moses, you go. And so, so that God can, will not save the church, but God will use leaders to save the church. So my emphasis is on to say to leaders, stop praying about, stop leaving it up to God because God has anointed you, God has prepared you. And our job, my job as a leader is to be able to put, provide leaders with the toolkit so that they can, so the question is, can God save the church? And the answer is no. However, God has appointed leaders and the task of leaders will be to be equipped so that they can go out and change the church because the church must constantly be changing. The old ways are no longer uh, what 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 our younger generation or people are working. People are uh, the church is hemorrhaging. Uh, right. All the statistics prove that people are moving away from the church. So the church must change. But the older folk, the uses, um, we like we are so stalemated into what we are we doing. We keep looking at the past and we want the past. We want church to be like the past, but the only way the church can survive is that leaders must be equipped with the toolkit so that they can effectuate the type of change that um, will be uh, will be useful as we move forward. Yeah, to use that analogy, you know, you're you're giving these tools to, to these effective leaders. What did you decide? Which tools to be used? How did you curate the modules in this one? What did you say? I'm going to hold this one back. I should go more in depth with this concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 of course, what 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 I say is that we need to exegete the the the, the community mm -hmm. and to understand what is it that the community needs most. And as leaders, the question we must ask as of our congregation and whatever community we're leading is, what is it that I am called to do that the community needs most? Right. Or what is it that the leaders within the church need, need to do and nobody else can do it, either because they don't know what to do or that they are not well equipped to do it? Yeah. So that we must change, and, and change is inevitable. And, uh, uh, you know, the successful companies, Flobo, uh, mm -hmm. are the companies that are always... And so we have one of the modules is about the paradox of the sigmoid curve. Okay, tell me. Which is, which is an S uh, 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 laid on the side. Okay. So, and what George Handy uh, uh, talked about here is that all organizations, all organisms um, go through that phase of growth, leveling off, and decline. Mm -hmm. The important thing is to be able to always start another curve, but most organizations are only aware of the need to change on the decline. Okay. So while they are going this way, while the company is going doing well, while profits are, are, are there, while the church, while people are flocking to the church, nobody wants to change. Mm -hmm. And you plateau for two years, three years, the numbers are leveled off. And then only when it begins to go down that most leaders say it's time to change. Right. And what I say to leaders is no, don't, when, when you begin to go down, people are discouraged. They sure. are despondent. You don't have the resources to be able to effectuate change. 
What you need to do is while you have the resources, while the enthusiasm is there, that's when you take the resources and think about the next curve for the organization. That's what McDonald's does. That's what all the, all the, the great um, institutions do. True. And this, this module is already out now. You can actually uh, take it today once you hear this podcast. What's, oh, oh. There are 10 modules. Okay. And there, it would last four hours and 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it is available. It is available through my website, www.thediaconia.com. T-H-E-D-I-A-K-O-N-I-A.com. And, uh, and it's only, only $19.95 right. for, for, for four, four hours and 15 minutes of listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure a night out the movies will cost more than that. But uh, what has been some of the feedback you've received since, since having it launched? Well, the feedback has been good, Flo. I, I, you yeah. know, people, people I, 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 they are individuals just this morning. So we have individuals in India and Kenya who are eating this course up. And, you know, the guys from India uh, just about two hours ago talked about the fact that there is a lot in there that they had never heard about. They are so enthusiastic about it. They, they, they have taken the entire course and they are teaching it to more than 40 pastors yeah. right now in India. And they are saying, you know, there are some elements of, the, of, of leadership and change that they have never heard about and that they are so, you know, they are fired up about this. And I'm fired up. I, I, yeah. I, I, I have covered some areas there that, you know, we all have blind spots in leadership, Flobo. And True. I, what I've tried to do is to point out some of the blind spots that um, so that we can be able to move forward. But I'm excited. The course is available. It has been out for about two weeks now. Yeah. And, uh, they, 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 you know, we've been, the response has been great. So, so I gotta, I gotta ask as a creator myself, you know, I'm, yeah. a lot of the stuff I do, this show started taking on guests during yeah. the pandemic and yeah. podcast network started the pandemic. What yeah. was that feeling when someone from India hit you up and was like, yes, I live literally halfway across the planet, but I found your stuff and I'm hype. Yeah. yeah I, I, the only, the, the, the only, the thing I, I, I wondered whether they really grasp all that is there. And yeah. when I did it, and as a matter of fact, they, that's the group that asked me to prepare a leadership course for them so that they can teach it in India. Okay. And, and that was the spark for this. I prepared it particularly for them. And I'm surprised that, that you know, I was able to break it down in terms that they can really understand. So, so and, 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 and they're enthusiastic. They are fired up about it. They have one more, more day. They have taken that course that lasts four, and, four hours and 15 minutes, and they are teaching it in three days okay. to their 40 pastors. So they have one more day, and they will be finished teaching the course. But there is enough material there. Um, that um, that can bring about that kind of change that I think uh, yeah. is necessary. Is there room for a sequel, or is this, this topic pretty much self-contained? Well, I am I am a, I am an, an addictive and compulsive personality, so okay. I, I, I <laughs> when, I'm always thinking about what's the next project. Sure, I that, that I'm working on, and That's so I, I I have a, I have a lot more projects that I'm I'm going to be working on, but but particularly in preparing leaders 
and I say this, um, uh, I say this not to be a sacrilegious, but too many leaders depend on the, 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 the old classical church ways we do church and we do ministry to bring about the kind of change. But we right. have to follow some of the business models. I always say church is a business. Sure. We, we must run church as a business. It is God's business. And, and God will someday hold us accountable as to how we do business. So, oh yes, I, there, there will always be a sequel to this. There will be. I, I, I don't think that's sacrilegious at all. I mean, you have right. your, your client base, you have your board of trustees, you know, people are looking yeah. for the best interests yeah, of the organization. So I, yeah. I know what you mean, but like, trust me, I don't, I, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> but, but you do a lot. You said a lot. You do a lot. You think about the next project. I respect that. I'm the same way. So many different things on, on yeah. my docket. How do yeah. you balance it? When you get up in the morning and think about the things you have to do, how do you navigate that without getting exhausted? Do you do anything to refill the cup? What's your day like? One one has to always have priorities, and um, it so it so happened that I I understand how to prioritize the things that are important to me, but I also know that um, I, I I I don't sleep much. Um, if I if I get four hours sleep, that's enough. Um, as a matter of fact, the other day I got up and it was six o'clock, and I said, "My God, something happened." <laughs> he slept in. <laughs> you know, you, know, you get up at six o'clock. So yeah. I'm always thinking about another project. Four hours sleep is enough, and I'm about ready to write another book. And the book that I'm writing right now, I I got to this church, and it's a guy, a, a guy. He celebrated his 55th birthday. Doctor Oscar D. Epps started okay. a church 28 years ago, and now the church has over 3,400 members. So I got here, and as they just celebrated their 20th anniversary, I got here, I said, and I said, I'm going to write a book. And, and part of the book is about leadership, his leadership style, what, what is he as a leader? And the title of the book is Come Let Me Bless You, in which he talks about the fact, and that's what he does all the time while he's preaching. He says, come let me bless you. But one of the things he says is that nobody can love people more than I could. Mm. And that's a part of leadership. Yeah. Leadership is about, you know, you can't you can't lead people if you don't genuinely care for them and you don't show them that you you love them. And and so, so there's a there is a module in there that talks about the sources of our vision. And that is very critical. You have to know where you're going in order to get there and stop looking in the rearview mirror. Too many leaders look in the rearview mirror all the time. You know, that's why they get in accidents. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. It's so concerned with looking backwards. That's right. Uh, the, the the course is called Can God Save the Church? One of a few and more growing, it seems, at thediacania.com. Uh, uh, doctor, it's been a pleasure just hanging with you, talking about yeah. it. Is there anything else you want to share with listeners right now, how they can go on their own path, how they can follow their own things that pursues them? No, I, I would say, listen, always have a vision. You must have a vision of where you want to go and understand quite well that you are, you are a created being with all the, the, with a, the capacity to be able to bring about change. And all we have to do is to be quiet long enough to take inventory and to be retrospective and introspective as to what are the resources that this God has given you so that right. you can go about and bring the change. Can God save the church? No, God cannot save the church, but leaders can. 
go to www.thediaconia.com. The course is four hours, 15 minutes, and the cost, $19.95. You will be challenged and your life will change because of it. Thanks for being on the show, Doc. Appreciate you. Hey, take care. God bless you. <laughs>